0: YawpCast for December 6th, 2021, featuring poet Emily Wallace-Hughes leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yawp is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic, formerly held at 61 Local in Cobble Hill. Since the pandemic began, we've been Hosting the op virtually via Zoom. For more information and to sign up, go to BrooklynPoets.org. This month's Open Mic lineup featured Vale Larkin, Stella Lee, Madeline Phillips, Arthur Russell, Samantha Marin, Todd Friedman, Seth Leeper, Danielle Gasparo, Lindsey Abrams, Cassidy Gabriel, Harvey Sauce, Sharon DeYoung, Lauren DePape, Bridget Duffy, Will Kiever, Jess Gagné, Aviva Fay, Molly Hackett, and Zachary Steinman. So, let's get right to the action of the Brooklyn Poets Yawp open mic for December 2021. Enjoy. Okay, welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets yaw Open Mic for December 6th, 2021. Uh, this is the 12th and final open mic of the year. Uh, interesting note though, this is the first slot in our 2022 Yawp Poem of the Year contest. Um, if you haven't yapped with us before and are not aware of how the calendar works, we start the clock for the next Contest in December of the previous year, mainly because of how the schedule shakes out and we need to promote the Poem of the Year contest, etc. I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but uh, our 2021 Yacht Poem of the Year contest is happening next Monday at the same time, 7 p.m. Eastern. It is a virtual event. Uh, Tickets for that are available through next Monday until. 6:59 p.m eastern uh those tickets are 25 um if you were here for the workshop i mentioned that our awards gala is the day before in person in a private club in park slope uh, that is on december 12th and i i think i forgot to mention that gala ticket sales or donations that you can make to attend the gala that closes on Friday because we need to finalize that guest list by, by Saturday. So uh, don't wait until the last minute. You can't get a gala ticket at like 3 p.m. on Sunday. You've got to make a donation by Friday. Otherwise, um, you're going to just try to have to back channel. If you know me, maybe like you can text me or something. There, you know, If you know me, there's a workaround. But if you don't know me, you really got to make that donation by Friday. Um, because uh, we, we really do have to have the guest list finalized. But again, Y'all Poem of the Year contest uh, next Monday, December 13th. And since we are kicking off the, the New Year's uh, finalists tonight, I thought I would mention all of the finalists uh, for the Poem of the Year contest. In fact, uh, let me just share my screen again so you can all see this. Uh, with me as we do it together. Uh, Some of these people, as I mentioned earlier, are reading tonight for the Open Mic. Um, Arthur Russell, former Poem of the Year winner, in fact, uh, will be our first reader. He won last December in 2020. Uh, Preeti Shah, Josephine Blair, Morgan Boyle, also here tonight. Cassidy Gabriel, here tonight. Surindria Rao, Aishvarya Aurora, Jay Eason, who is uh, our, one of our staff members who is uh, here tonight as well. Tawanda Mulalu, Yana Kane, Todd Friedman, and Madeline Phillips, who is is also reading tonight. So uh, they're all fantastic poets. It's gonna be very hard to choose, uh, but we encourage you to attend that event uh, next Monday. Um, But uh, if you haven't yawed with us before, we do pick a winner of Poem of the Month every month. And the way to do that is to, sorry, if you are sending me chat message, I haven't seen them yet. So uh, just bear with me as I make these announcements. The number to vote for Poem of the Month is 718-374-1953. Please wait until the end of the open mic to do that. Uh, You just need to tell me the poet's name and that's how you cast your vote. We're gonna be screen sharing the text of the poems as we go, so you'll have ample opportunity to see the poet's name and to get the spelling of the name absolutely correct, although it's probably not completely necessary. I'll probably be able to tell who you are trying to vote for. Um, uh, Yes, Morgan, I know you're not reading tonight, but you are here, (laughs) I see your chat message. Uh, Jay, I do not need you to tweet because uh, Paula is gonna tweet tonight. I'm just gonna try it out for the first time. Uh, We also record the open mic as a podcast that we call the Yopcast, uh, which you you can subscribe to on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, If you are reading tonight and don't want to be in the recording for any reason, just send me a private chat message, and uh, I can take you off the recording. Um, And uh, I think that is all. (laughs) If I remember any other announcements, I will uh, work that in as we go. But before we turn it over to uh, the readers in our open mic lineup. We're going to hear from our featured reader tonight, Emily Wallace-Hughes.
1: Thank you, Jason, and thank you, Jay, for putting together these screenshots. I know that's additional work in this uh, online Zoom situation. Uh, and I'm going to try reading these on the screenshot itself. Sometimes I do that in reading, sometimes I go back to <laughs> paper. Um, yeah. I would so recommend you...
0: reading from your paper if you can, because there may be a lag, because it seems like oh. we have a lag. So oh, I'll right. read from your paper I can do that. Can. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That goes sure. for all of you that are reading tonight.
1: <laughs> I just changed the order of the document I send and the and the one I have in my manuscript. So these are from my second book manuscript that I've been working on. So this first one is called Over the Water Left. On the shore of Block Island Sound, a red cardinal flies over a flat table. It doesn't need to be named. It no longer matters what it was. What matters now is what it left. A needle here, a needle there, acupuncturist, lays his hands on my forehead. Eat seaweed, bone broth, he says, through the light. And the light here is yellow, as is what the time is, this current time. I watch the way lemon shade moves into green, jade, being added into my left body where too much was removed of the body, left one pine needle, needle caught in sun heated hair in clear block island, sound wind, no bird sky. And this next one, is what happens when I see that poetry is also physics. For Rebecca Wolf. A virtual specimen in the shape of an ampersand, she who named it yellow, Nasturtium. I hold it now in my right hand, in my right pocket here on the lake shore in the minutes before noon. The sun is not white, I follow A woman becoming a crone, beautiful within her garden where we pick ripe tomatoes in soft drizzle. I finish my coffee. I leave her mug on the lake shore for someone who needs something to hold what they most need to break. And I believe this is the last one. I don't remember, I'm in the square plaza, the first word that came to mind. Why didn't I write plaza? What is this border and this one? I don't remember this fence, and it is not weathering well. When am I west? When was I? Am I east? I admit I am not sure. I want some kind of new natural feminine way. But for now, I walk as a Flaneuse, wondering at what the answer could be. And a man I wish were here tonight calls to remind me he is all directions at once. And mother reminds, the city is good for you.
0: All right. Thanks very much, Emily. Uh all directions at once. Is that? To think, was that a good thing that the guy said that, or was that a bad thing? It sounds like a good thing to be. Uh, also, seems a little presumptuous. Like, <laughs> like I'm all directions at once. Uh, so you've take you're taking over for Rebecca Wolf. Is that correct? Did I read that email that went out recently at Fence?
1: Yeah, Jason Zeska and I are the editorial directors of Fence Incoming.
0: Very cool. It's
1: super exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been there for for the a long time, right? Like the entirety of the magazine's existence, or is that correct?
1: Yeah, Rebecca founded it.
0: Yeah, Rebecca Wolf. Uh, yeah, it's I been
1: twenty four years.
0: Yeah, amazing.
1: And she'll be around, so she'll be joining the FENCE board, and she'll be uh, doing some book editing still uh, and offering some mentoring and advice. Um, But yeah, I love FENCE, and I'm really uh, excited uh, to work with Jason and to bring FENCE into this New phase and continue our vision um, of what of what Fence does with plurality and uh, publishing writers who blend different modes and who are in between uh, different groups and coteries and. Um, having a space where we have that kind of productive confusion, where we're publishing folks from all over and we're not subscribing to you know, one school or one click.
0: All right, folks, submit your poems to M.O.S. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, that's exciting. And
1: fiction so, and nonfiction and hybrid, yeah.
0: Yeah, if you dabble in those yeah. other genres. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and on the note of fundraising, we are also uh, not immune from all of the pandemic's difficulties. So, yeah, we're waiting on an NEA emergency grant right now to find out if we're getting it or not. So, like Brooklyn Poets is, we'll be doing some fundraising soon. So, look out for that if you'd like to help
0: us out. All right. So, donate to us first, and then whatever you have left, (laughs) donate to us. All right, thanks very much, Emily. Uh, our first reader from the open mic lineup is Vail Larkin. Very excited to have Vail here tonight. Kept signing up for the op, not realizing that uh, I should to click the the uh, open mic form. I'm just glad we got Vail into the lineup tonight. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Vail.
2: Hi. <laughs> Okay, Um, this is a poem my friend told me to read, so I'm gonna read it here. The definition of ability. So you're born without hips, and maybe hips are a privilege. So when they grow slow and imperfect, maybe it's a gift. You can't leap or play in exactly the way of the children around you but they say greed is unseemly and play is a privilege. Don't be selfish. Some kids have no legs at all. You discover it between your skin and the joints of your bones, connectivity. So so the sun somehow scorches both of them. You learn to love shade trees and forests and overhanging rocks by the lake and all the places to meet wildness in the shadows. Sunlight is a privilege. You have an old soul, they always told you. You collector of wonder and words. Rheumatoid, like mentholated rub for grandparents. Lupus, like wolves rending flesh. Youth is a privilege. You hear that some people go to a doctor and are cured. This has never happened to you feet foundering, mouth and eyes drying, joints freezing solid, no more walks in the woods, no more fields, no more lakes, no more life without wheels and concrete, because nature is a privilege. Skin breaking open like something overripe, and the fruitless search for relief, wholeness is a privilege, vocation is a privilege, home is a privilege. Sex is a privilege. Movement is a privilege. Speech is a privilege. They will sell you the privilege of saving your life for their ravenous price. Because existence is a privilege. You are a privilege. When you die, they will burn you in cardboard. Dirt is a privilege.
0: Wow, Vale, thank you so much. That was incredible. Uh, What an amazing way to start. Can't think of a better, I honestly can't think of a better way to start. Um, If you wanna read more of Vale's work, I recommend checking out Vale's Poe of the Week feature, (laughs) bookandpost.org, because it it truly is one of the the best features, I think, that we have uh, published, at least in recent memory. It really just blew me away, the poem and the interview, uh, such a thoughtful, um just fully aware uh interview uh so check it out just google Brooklyn poets and phil larkin you'll find it immediately um thanks very much phil it's great to have you join the open mic uh glad we got to make it happen finally uh our next reader is a former poem of the month winner and Brooklyn poets fellow as as phil uh was this year stella lee how you doing
3: hi I'm okay. All right.
0: right. Good to have you back.
3: Thank you, great to be here. Elegy for childhood. I speak of family and the way biology ties small nooses in my veins, burnt markers of cold and hungry childhood homes. I kept you warm, made my breath plume circles around you, covered you each time you came home too drunk to remember who I was as I cleaned vomit untied shoes, massage swollen feet, got high off your rancid breath and let my tears wash your flushed face. Every night you were stars and moonlight, a new sadness spoken into my chest. Your voice cut through my throat. I believed you. Believed there was a way to fix you. Didn't let my voice find its way out covered my light with your hands, welcomed all your anger, took in the blame. It was dependency wrapped in duty. As I burnt my fingertips on a stove I could barely reach, made you coffee every time, carried newly formed blisters with the saucer, cheese and crackers. I swallowed your mania, let it weigh down, compressed my spine, accepted the ache. I hid your shame, palms tight, chest constricted. I didn't want to be close to others, afraid they'd peer in, notice the way damage took root. It's still here, flashing in and out of focus, a limp in my leg as I walk away from you, heaviness in these bones, lungs that remember shadows as their fibers tighten from all the days I didn't bother to breathe fractures on the mend as they spider their way through splintering off pieces of your pain weaving in my tissues because I learned too well how to keep your secrets and drown my own
0: Thank you. damn Stella uh killed it as usual uh I was just thinking as you were reading you know I don't know if you can read for the, the open mic forever, <laughs> but uh, that'd be great if you could, because you know, there's a lot of people They come in, they they yop every month for maybe like a couple of years and then, and then they just kind of disappear, which is just normal. It's just life, you know, people move on. But uh, yeah, if that happens, I'll, I'll miss it. Not only do you read every month, but it's usually one of the first people to sign up. So it's like always like at the start of the open mic, we're hearing an amazing poem so uh i'm grateful for that i hope
3: to be here for a long time (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) just keep coming um i should mention everyone that uh the if you want to sign up for the next yop i've made that available (laughs) on our website emily blair usually does it but we totally forgot to set it up so uh if you're trying to sign up for the Open mic tonight. You can't anymore. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. You're already here, but uh, if you want to sign up now, the January 10th open mic sign up is is open. Um, okay, our next reader is Madeline Phillips, who is reading next Monday for the poem of the year. Smackdown. We used to call it Smackdown. Now we use.
4: I think to. that's so funny because my first ever <laughs> Brooklyn Poets event was my friend Alex Sarah Georgiou was.
0: Oh, in yeah, in that one of those and people that used to yeah and she hasn't in. been no no but don't. she got no, me here
4: yeah but I went to see that that was the year Kyle what it was Kyle yeah. and Constantine I believe mm-hmm. they tied yeah. but it was so funny because it was called like Smackdown it's but nice that was out. so yeah. not the vibe it was very gentle and loving.
0: Yeah, that's why we <laughs> retired that name. But I have to say, contest sounds a lot. It,
5: it was safe. from before Jason got <laughs> all boring.
0: Yeah, SmackDown is a much more interesting name. It's like the contest. Super boring, but possibly, probably um, less offensive. <laughs> SmackDown is very, very masculine. Um, so anyway, uh, Madeline, turn it over to you.
4: Yeah, so I wrote, I, I feel like, for the past three months, I've only read poems from Emily's class, and this is another one. <laughs> um, this is called Desire Lines. You will walk alone, often wanting company. You'll cup a rose hip in your hand, observe bee after bee burrow in and out of a bearded iris spend a spring trying to name a shade of green never find a label for your relationship no one will care a white rose bloomed overnight outside an apartment you lived in for a week how it swayed in the dark refused to be photographed in its fullness like the moon Dry brown hydrangeas will haunt you in autumn. You will remember Mill Creek Marsh, fragments framed in flaxen fragments, gray mud, black stumps, cold hands, his frosted shore, a white heron. Midwinter light will slice your solitude in half. A new yearning will stir in your stomach. A vernal pool will sire, salamanders and fairy shrimp beneath its iced-over surface. You will lose a mitten. Find her profile in the hook of a hawk's beak. See her bare body in every lean, gray tree. Trace a carving on a grave. Imagine it's her collarbone. You will meet three white-tailed deer in the Bronx. Prepare to scare off bears, sing to yourself, gather rocks to throw. When you are late, no one will accept your excuses. A dead bird, a live worm, a wasp with one wing. Most people won't know how much it hurts to tear your eyes away from a spider wrapping a fly in silk. How the stippled morning light transforms their webs into portals, Follow the slug's iridescent slime trail. It will lead you to ruins. You will share what you see with everyone who walks with you. Point out American persimmon, set off jewelweed buds like fireworks, pick red wine berries, interrupt, Hard conversations in the heather garden with the softness of lamb's ear. Look, a white squirrel, listen. You will walk and want until your face and hands are worn with desire lines.
5: Thank you.
0: Damn. Okay. Okay competing for this year's poem of the year award <laughs> might be competing for next year's that was uh, pretty pretty amazing thank you madeline so did, so did you say you wrote this for emily's workshop also i
4: did it was it was it was the pen ultimate exercise job, but i teacher. still i never finished my last i had like a crazy week and i never did my last poem but i emily i'm still intending to write from I think that she prompt.
0: forgives you probably yeah but... you're welcome to send that to me <laughs>
4: yeah, i will so yeah okay. this was
6: the well, last one i wrote
0: for class mm-hmm. well done teach and student obviously <laughs> wow sounds like it was an amazing workshop okay uh next poet also a finalist this year and uh, has again a former winner of the poem of the year award arthur russell i think the shortest poem i've ever seen from you
5: well you know um I wrote this in uh, Josh Megan's versification class. It was the pre-anti-penultimate assignment in that class. And <laughs> okay. I just I just have, it's not going to take me long to read it, but I got to tell you, you, you mentioned this at the showcase last week. Josh is an amazing person to study with. And it's not just because he understands iambic pentameter inside and out and blank verse and sonnets and rhyme and all that stuff. It's that the level of attention that he pays to versification is a level of attention that you can pay to free verse or anything you do. You know, the the emphasis on sound and, you know, he has this whole thing of it's not just stresses and unstresses. It's like light stresses and heavy stresses and light unstressed. It's really, and it just takes you further into your work. Anyway, this was, um, this was the poem I wrote for um, one of his assignments called College. Stand here beside the door before we leave and let me take your picture one more time. While mom hauls down the rear hatch with a heave Stand here beside the door before we leave. Naive as August leaves steadfastly cleave to trees. We hear the hollow wind chime chime. Stand here beside the door before we leave. And let me take your picture one more time.
0: Wow, that's quite beautiful, Arthur uh sorry if that sounds facile but uh it really is it's just i don't know it's like a reminder of what homes can do in a very simple way just repetition meter rhyme
5: um yeah it's a form called a triolet which um megan is uh, i didn't ask- want
0: to be pretentious and say that <laughs> but i'm glad you went. i don't
5: mind saying it after you said it was beautiful i wasn't going to say it otherwise but it's, let uh, me
0: share my triolet with all of you tonight
5: <laughs> yeah one of josh's uh, pieces of advice was never put the name the word triolet
0: in your title of your triolet.
5: <laughs> so, he has another
0: thing like anytime you read a sonnet you should never say i'm gonna read a sonnet <laughs> just read well, it <laughs> you'll
5: notice i just said here's a poem called college
0: and, yeah uh, so that's beautiful Thank you. You always write so well about your mom and dad. <laughs> Here it is again. No, no, this is where I'm the dad. <laughs> yeah. Well,
5: see. I sent this one to Delaney as soon as it was done. Nice. She remembered it. We used to take her picture on the first day of wow. school in every year, wow. standing okay. next to the mailbox in front of our house. Wow. And so this was the, the last one of that line before she went to college.
0: Okay. Well, it's a (laughs) tearjerker. Thank you, Arthur. All right. Our next poet, former Broken Poets fellow, former student of mine, brilliant poet, Samantha Marin. How you doing?
7: Sorry, I was muted. Hi, everyone. Um, All right.
0: Go for it, Sam.
7: Okay. So this is a love poem. Ode to the cracked corner of my mouth. I coax a tail out of you with a wet caress from the tip of my tongue. Tightness, a sting, and a warning. Angular colitis, almost naked to the human eye. You are a thread of tender blush between ragged brown borders. You hurt how it's supposed to, so I can do something. You tell me I need care. I worry aloud that I need to eat more vegetables and organ meat. My partner surprises me with liverwurst. I smile appreciatively at them as I swallow large bites of the spongy cure. It is soft, pink, and tastes metallically aggressive like you. You laugh at pleasure with pleasure at their gesture, and I wince at your sharp conspiratorial love.
0: Okay, thanks Sam. So Liverwurst Love is that is that the thing
7: That's the alternative title, Liverwurst. Definitely non-vegan. Love. I like the alliteration. No.
0: <laughs> um it's I love that Liverwurst is in here. My wife would not approve. <laughs> vegan, but uh that's fine. <laughs> I heartily approve (laughs) for worst love. Great title, by the way. Oh, to the cracked corner of my mouth and great first line. Thank you. Okay. Let it be known, we can have non-vegan love still in Brooklyn. (laughs) Uh, Our next poet is another finalist for Poem of the Year this year, Todd Friedman, one of the Poets
8: Laureate of Sunset Park. How you doing, Todd? Hi, Jason. I can't believe it's the last York of the year. I know. Really and I is. can't believe we're still on Zoom. I know. I and mean, we're still going to be at the start of
0: 2022. <laughs> but uh, once we open the space, <laughs> hopefully
8: in May or June, we can do it again in person. All right. Go for right. it. Okay. The fight was in the air. I remember my mother shouting loud at night for me to call the police. But I froze in my bed just listening to the eerie quiet that followed. The next morning, my mother scolded me through clenched teeth. There was always a scene. I can still see my mother pushing a dresser up against the bedroom door. Then my stepfather shoving it open as if a paperweight were blocking it. And I can still see him rolling down the car window to spit on her while she stood on the sidewalk. And how can I not see his friend, the priest, who came to make a piece that snapped in two as soon as he left us. We moved during the day while he was at work. I was excited when my mother asked me if I wanted to ride with the movers, but what would I say? An eight-year-old white boy jammed in between three towering black men. So I asked him who would be the next champ, Listen or Clay. I am the greatest was all you heard Everywhere you went, the fight was in the air. The cab shook hard. Big mouth boy gonna get his ass kicked. I thought I might be that boy. That night, I heard my stepfather's footsteps crunching on the driveway, his voice booming off the neighbor's house. He tried to ram his way in the back door, but my grandfather had wedged a two-by-four against it. Every night, for a long time after that, my grandfather would take the phone off the hook and put a pencil in the dial. I'd wake up listening for the sound of the hard shoes below me. Wow, Todd. It was amazing. Uh,
0: <laughs> great poem, man. You've just been, I feel like all year, really, since the pandemic began, I feel like every month I'm like, this is the best Todd Friedman poem. And then the next month, you read another one. It just feels like you're you're really just opening door after door, and the you know just all of the, the the material you have, especially your your poems about your family, is just amazing. Like the thank you, yeah you know, the, the the memories you're dredging up and and plumbing the depths of. So, uh, kudos to you, and uh, good luck next monday thank well, you don't, you don't need it i'm sure do, you're, you'll do great our next poet seth Leeper. i feel like the two of you always read back to back <laughs> you sign up at the same time seth Leeper also been killing it at the op uh how you doing seth
9: i'm good how are you it's an honor to be paired with todd so yeah all right go for it seth all right um i'd like to actually just nominate that we just have a yacht that's entirely stella like once a month and then I feel like if she, you know, when she inevitably grows wings and you know becomes a New Yorker level, all of that, then we'll be the better for it. Um, anyways, so uh, quick, I guess, content warning: if you have like small children around, I recommend them not be here for this poem. Um, and with that, I'm just gonna dive into it. Neon nostalgia and the blue neon glow of the television set projecting VHS orgies of Bellamy boys. He evaluated my body and made his pronouncement. I'd have the perfect frame if I lost a little weight, got rid of my love handles. But doesn't everyone want to get a handle on love? And he was no billboard underwear model, but had the credibility of decrepitude, So he knew of what he spoke. Myself, just shy of 19, or was it 20, could only concur with his analysis. Apologize for my corporal inadequacies. Agree I was unworthy of love. Stuck between a desire to be respected and a desire to be fucked. Turned out, spit out, cast off the island. Claimed home inside peripheries. Edged men into anonymous ecstasies. Silly boy I was. Thinking love was a dick inside a receptor. Standing firm on my boundaries. I gave to receive receiving plenty of spite and unreturned messages, waking up in daily City with another stranger whose name to this day escapes me, but I know he was a nurse. Sometimes I wonder if the fog of the city clouded my brain, if the golden glow of the bridge possessed me to believe there was love to be found there. I wore flowers in my hair, made the rounds of the hippest bars, perfected poses of a difference, but I made it out before I learned to swallow changed cities, cross country, crossed my legs, my heart, closed the door on desperation, subscribed to new tenants, met a guy who said he'd respect me, dry humped me on a bench off the West Side Highway, gripping my love handles, manhandling me like the slut I suppressed, rode me in his shower on Hydroblast, bent in the shape of an incubus. Okay, okay,
0: okay, Seth Leeper another amazing poem i love that whole thing but especially the credibility of decrepitude (laughs) just just perfectly named something i've I've just uh never realized needed a name but now i now i have the perfect name for it so thank you for that thanks uh yeah great stuff okay man seth Leeper also just been all of you, man, all of you regular yoppers that have just been doing this, especially through the pandemic. Danielle Gasparro, another one just every month, They're just slaying us. Danielle, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm happy
10: to say we have a multifaceted beverage evening tonight, Jason.
0: We started out with mold cider. Oh, wow. Okay. Moved
10: on. Maybe yeah. I should have gone to that, it's a little more action-packed, but now we're just on some buttery chardonnay. Okay.
0: Right. It's butter season. <laughs> buttery chardonnay all right (laughs) all right new
10: band buttery chardonnay okay self-directed study there is a prepubescent rooster working hard beneath my window to find the pure iambic pride of his iron-hearted crow every day at 8 a.m and then again at 10 i hear his lame limp rhythms Shaky at best, the reviews would say, but who reviews things born of homegrown orchards? The only audience, apples, and even the attention of cultivated fruit sways in the instance of October wind. Still, he forges on my self-sequestered chum, and as the crackle of his doodle grates against his cockadoo, I shift, Unnumb my leg and lift my pen again. The bracing airwaves our shared decree until I feel a chill. Close the window, make the bed, pour more coffee. All the while outside in the dirt down below. Mistake, attempt, mistake, attempt, attempt, mistake, attempt. Voila, November, snowfall. Somewhere in the orchard, a voice ripens.
0: <laughs> okay, great poem to a go bird, with your- Bird poem. Yeah, great bird poem to go with your buttery chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> I love this prepubescent rooster. I feel like we, need to, we need to match that. We need to marry that phrase with uh, the credibility of decrepitude somehow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all these band nice names,
10: together. we've got all of bands to form them.
0: I love these lines. Even the attention of cultivated fruit sways in the instance of October wind. Wow, that's some that's some that's some poetry right there. Oh,
10: okay, Jason,
0: so much. Yeah, you all. (laughs) Thank you, Danielle. Our next poet. This is. I feel like I need to vote for Lindsay tonight. She's also drinking. Midwinter Night's (laughs) Dram. I got a selfie from her earlier tonight. Lindsay, take it away.
11: Hello. I have to confess I'm really drinking tea, but I have the Dram for a. You don't have to admit
0: that. (laughs) You got the picture. Got to be
11: honest. I can't start a poem with a lie. All right. Um, I wrote this for Rosebud Benoni's workshop on burning down the house. The Mother, the Child, the Beasts At the end, there was an apprentice surgeon arriving home with tales of a child he'd gotten to stitch back together. Before that, there was a mother striking over and over at a mountain lion, the mountain lion lunging at the child, the child playing alone in his fenced-in backyard backed against the Santa Monica wildlands. We learn the rest from the local news later. The child was five, the mother was a hero, and the mountain lion was born in October, was at the age when its kind are learning to hunt, to fend for themselves. Also, the wildlife officers, who found a mountain lion near the scene acting suspicious, all restlessness and froth, and shot it dead, who tranquilized another found lurking nearby to be safe, and a third mountain lion, female, collared that had birthed cubs in October. Being known, she was left alone. Sleep now, trusting we'll do the same for you when the wild comes lunging at your throat. Close your eyes, accept that the suspicious acting mountain lion was posthumously determined to have been guilty, flush caught in his claws and all, and know that the other, acquitted by a DNA test, was set free to live a long and acceptably predatory life in what remained of the wild lands. While the third soon left the area for good. Dream if you dream of the ones we allow to fight back, the ones we get to stitch back together. Thank you.
0: Okay, wonderful poem. You uh, said that you wrote this for Rosebud's Burning Down the House workshop. Is that right?
11: It's a great like shot chaser to one of Joshua's classes because you. <laughs> You get really obsessed with form, and then you're told to um, yeah.
0: mess with it. Good stuff. I like your bio. Your best work comes from a cat stepping on your keyboard. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not true for me. I don't. Let, I don't let my cats anywhere near near my keyboard. <laughs> Hell no. Um, okay. Thanks very much, Lindsay. Uh, and, and enjoy your whiskey after your tea. Our next poet tonight, another finalist for poem of the year in 2021, the one and only Cassidy Gabriel.
12: Hi, Jason. Hi, everyone. All right, give me one second. Trying to like also pull up my copy. Okay. Think of falling and how it makes you feel. I don't know where or into what you're falling. That is up to you. How to chew what is left. How to eat, the sound. Grief, as a girl thing who knows not where she has left her wrung hands or the small of her back. In what time? Like the birds, she doesn't mind the strange blinking some do in the face of death. For whom and how many? Second movement, in which we consider the shape of the fantastic, its legs. He is right there and yet I cannot say when or how much. A moon without footnotes, a muscle that only remembers in the clockwise direction, a dagger drawn in red ink. It helps to know that most things begin, and she impresses herself least with the span. What is left, and mustn't it? It which walks, airy and rotting in blueness, half in full as cognates, everything awake. Thanks, everyone.
0: Okay, thank you, Cassidy. Great, as always, airy and <laughs> rotting and blueness. Strangeness of that. It occurred to me as you were reading this, this phrase, the small of her back, I've always loved this phrase. It's such an interesting phrase, yes? <laughs> like, it's a little strange. Which, it was fun to play with. Yeah, it's like, a, where does yeah. That phrase come from? Like we don't say, and it's I feel like it's specifically gendered. Like I've never heard anyone say the small of his back exactly yeah <laughs> has anyone ever heard that i've also never heard like the the large of her back <laughs> just seems like i don't know it's it's always the small of her back um but uh anyway i don't know if anyone's got any intel on that phrase please share it in the chat it's an, it's an interesting uh phrase there okay thanks very much cassidy next up the uh I'll call him the poet laureate of the Montauk Club where we will, <laughs> be, we will be this Sunday for our awards gallery. Uh, I don't know if you bought a ticket for that, Harvey. I just thought you'd be the first to line up, but it'd be I feel like it'd be a shame if we don't see you there.
13: Well, I will try. Uh, can you do
0: <laughs> Not to force you to go right? Ah. I know you're there every month, but uh,
13: Look, yeah. I paid them a hundred dollars for New Year's Eve. And the best I'm getting out of a dessert, you've got to supply your own supper. (laughs) Uh, Oh, well, there was a time when I actually had income as opposed to outflow, but uh, that time's long gone. Um, I guess before I read, I'd like to invite you all, and I posted it in the chat as I usually do. Uh, to Artful Dodger's Poetry's last open mic of the year, which will be on the 18th at four o'clock. It'll be virtual. And hopefully in in January, I'll be able to pick up on-site and virtual hybrid uh, readings. Um, So, uh, and and maybe I will see you there. Um, This is called Careful With That Snow Globe, Please. Now I've got to zoom it up to 257. (laughs) Certainly, you must have been asked more than once, who lives there? By one of your children or some young relative holding up the snow globe to the fanlight and gazing into its cyclopean eye, shaking the globe a bit, then sitting back to watch the snow settle, fine as powdered sugar on a pastry. Referring, of course, to the red roof chalet enclosed in blown glass, a rarity today when Everything, Snow Globes included, is mass manufactured. Your glassed-in house, smaller even than that little house on the prairie, chronicled by Laura Ingalls and followed by us, nine volumes and nine years on TV. Truth is, the ceiling of your little house appears too low, its rooms too narrow to accommodate anything much larger than your imagination. Thumbelina couldn't have squeezed herself through those doors. Tinkerbell's wings, a tissue of wishful thinking would have snagged and fallen off. And yet, and yet when you stare at it long enough entranced by imperfections in the glass, you can sense if not exactly see a protest of snowshoers glaring back at you, Inuit of the snow globe ecosystem stamping muck feet, demanding an end to apocalyptic shaking. Could your tenants be those very shattered Freudians in blown glass bubbles, consequential thinkers are always cautioning us or cautioning not to throw stones? And whose face would they be throwing at if not yours? Usually peering down at some ginormous godlike figure stirring things up with a touch of a feather duster. Prophylactically, you instruct your Haitian cleaning woman to abjure as a hoodoo this sphere collecting dusk dust on your desk, with its lucky lose looking out. It being your job to tend to it with a timely spritz of Windex. These avatars of your imagining might more clearly view a world yours and ours not so snowbound as their world is. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you, Harvey. <laughs> I like that you showed your feather duster. Did you bring that? For the I couldn't
13: find, I was looking for this thing all afternoon. I couldn't find it. I finally found the damn thing. I never use it. You have the snow globe? Uh, <laughs> Actually, I don't. But I I have thought about getting a snow globe, and if I did, it would have to have a little chalet in it with people looking out at me. Yeah. So the poem is a lie.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just Damn! Just remembering what Lindsay said earlier. She can't Many. I, I
13: was thinking about that too. I think lots yeah. of my poems start out it's as definitely lies.
0: Definitely not true that you can't begin a poem with a lie. Uh, definitely but, not true. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, thanks, Harvey. Our next poet tonight is Sharon DeYoung uh, from Broken Poets Fellow. How are you doing, Sharon?
14: Good, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, I'll have to lean in because it's small, on my screen. Um, Red Falls, the sunroom in the old farmhouse is full of dead flies. We slept on the Bambi sheets again, and we, summer com- cousins, raced down to the hall- highway, off to Red Falls, enthralled to Mferra's shed along old Route 23, the scent of early nostalgia, a compost of roadkill, futile attempts to capture the sinister electricity, cachet of crickets crescendo, itch of no sidewalk, heartless, blonde grasses, inspecting the desiccation of sun stark garden snakes. Our heat fed anticipation, meeting familiar roadside friends, shimmering triangles, bullet blazed road signs, saluting truckers, roaring drive-bys, holding close to the grass line, departing embrace of warm exhaust, hearing crickets again, careful crossing the highway to the pull-off for the falls, a jumble of beat up cars parked in a celebratory slapdash sprawl, careening down the jagged root wrecked path, ignoring adults who caution us not to step on glass. Two, explosion of children, homecoming of adults, battered coolers and wet towel, towels, tire tubing, legs dangling, laughter, cascades. Anticipating the shock of Esopus Creek, our yearly plunge and summer heat, grasping the rock lip, minnows tickling our feet. Our gangling jump over ever new islands, a thrill of sunbear adults, Braving Eddie's chill with six-packs, warmly smooth archipelagos, mystic otherworld above, navigating new rivulets, running through hard rock, comrades in discovery, parading early confidence, later lost. Comfortable mess of sagging swimsuits, mossy pool of rocks, grotesque fascination boundless, tiny brown worms heedless stimulation shooting over steps of raucous waterfalls, clinging to the rock face and thrall to the promontory, slate slab ruins, abandoned felt factory, skirting narrow crabs, crags, spindly leaning trees, grasping dangling branches, catching not to slip, a litter of sharp rocks guarding vulnerable bare feet, not knowing the depths into which we leapt, hair lost to the air, near greys of the cliff, exhilarating slap of contact, water welts, red skin, summer sisters, hands held in our descent.
0: Okay, thanks, Sharon. Amazing as always. Beautiful. I'm reading this poem. Sorry, I uh, didn't scroll back up. I just got used to, like you know, I'm at the bottom of the page and I, I didn't realize it was your column. I had to go back up. Uh but uh beautiful poem. Thank you. Uh our next poet tonight. Uh I'm not sure we've heard from this poet before at the Yop. Uh correct me if I'm wrong. If this is your first time, Lauren is it? It is Lauren, my first time. Is it Lauren De Pop De Pape? De Pape. Yeah, okay. Pape. I gotta make a note. All right, go for it, Lauren.
15: Yeah, thank you. I was in the audience last time and y'all were having so much fun. So Happy to be here. Uh, This, the title is after the first line of an Emily Dickinson poem, and it's also a composition by Eve Baglarian for 24 bassists. A murmur in the trees. Is the shiver in our flesh from the long sun stalking, a tawny cat through the uncut field? Or is it the 24 double basses? Many burnished hours of trees, lining the deep grass allay. What other heaven do their pillars keep at bay? Are the crickets in their stirruped chirping, riders on a swifter shadow? Who the master conducting? Little dog curled like a loaf in your companion's arms. Are you spelled by bows drawn over hollowed holes or just drowsy as, after so many years, we finally near the harbor? What feeds you today, human? Standing eyes closed under carapace of elm, supporting like an elder with your whole body, your beloved instrument? Do your subterranean tremors buzz my mineral bones, ephemeral as sandstone? fleeting Delphi, crumbling home. Being as branching beneath the sea-dark soil as in your canopy, do we part for you, our twittering lips, inspire for millennia this mouth to mouth? Are these your hands, ancestors that steer me? Is that the starry twang of a triangle or the other world's sostenuto slipping through the omphalos? Are these streams on my face because unmediated I'm blue, berries chorusing open on their sanguine stems? Am I barefoot reading scripture with my soul's soft palms, drinking carefully from each chalice of moss? Do we each take off our shoes as in a trance, socks strewn about like mushrooms fruiting in the pasture? And do we keep walking off, Rosined our skin, twigs twining our hair, finally naked into the wood, signing yes, here, without reading any terms, without needing any assurance. Thank you.
0: Okay, thanks very much, Lauren. Glad you could join us and uh, join in the fun. That was really I would say fun but a beautiful poem I love this is this is that the starry twang of a triangle or the other world's sustenuto slipping through the umphalos that's uh it's like the it's like an oracle speaking there kind of amazing uh okay what is what does sustenuto mean I don't even know what that means am I saying that right
15: yeah, it's like a note held past its, um, its written length, I guess, an overflowing note.
0: Okay, wow, that's a, good, music. That's a good word to know.
15: I could be a little off on my definition, but yeah, it's pretty it's, much something like that.
0: It's like credibility of decrepitude. It's like named something that, yeah. <laughs> that I've experienced and didn't know the word for. Okay, which is honestly another definition for poetry. Um, all right, we are on to Bridget Duffy. Back, reading in her open mic. We're happy to have her back.
16: Hi, everyone. Um, this is
0: a poem, I hope.
16: She takes small shuddering steps into womanhood, turning her ankle in the black patent leather platform shoes Her mother almost didn't let her by, having read something about what high heels do to the foot and the leg while the skeleton is still so spongy, but little girls don't worry about what might someday happen to the bones of their feet. When she wears them, she pretends to be a tall, red-haired creature with doe eyes and evening gloves and a drink with an olive in it. Even tripping, it's a delicious departure from the plump in-between things she is now. In time, she learns to walk heel-toe. Her therapist says there comes a time in every girl's growing up when she stops making sandcastles and starts watching herself wear a swimsuit and make sandcastles, deciding how she might angle herself just so slightly inward, enough to disguise the gentle abdominal swell of fat and tissue, stretching white lines into the tropical print lycra, yet doing it without seeming to, telling her body to flash carefree smiles and point her eyes at the sand. She sits on the toilet, willing her little organs to start shedding blood, that become a woman moment, lest she be left behind the others, and then that almost unthought thing, that fear that begs for an inevitable misery to go ahead and start. When the blood does come, she's sickly satisfied and gets to work on those strange little lies women tell. The headaches and the tireds and the chocolates and the tucking of a little zippered pouch under their arms on the way to the nose powdery, full of sanitary napkins that leak and feminine mistake and artificial vanilla. It's a tiring charade. Nobody escapes middle school without sitting through one or two sex talks. Her keepers being nominally Catholic, it's delivered by a well-worn 1980s videotape. They march out one of those old-fashioned TV carts, never obsolete in a schoolroom, and a heavily made up 40-year-old with enormous hair explains that the Lord frowns upon necking and petting. She's tempted to ask what that means, but reconsiders, noting no one is likely to offer her a demonstration. At home, she peeks at a bathroom magazine with a section on men, sex, and love, and hopes the casual entwining of the three will make sense when she's older. And then she is older still teetering in high-heeled shoes, spilling out the sides of a too small bra, raising off patches of skin along with her leg hair. Such an untidy girl. For two weeks of the winter, she's 16. She tries not to eat until one night her mother looks at her hard and makes an 8 p.m. omelet. The flesh is startlingly unmanageable. Unable to get rid of it entirely, she settles instead into a grim truce with the thing called her body, expectations low, trying out short tumbles over sheets owned by men with sharp dry fingers, and going home without meeting the roommate. The body is survivable, the body is a vessel, the bottle is you, fuck, and it's so goddamn ugly and capable of dying. Some women make apologies to their bodies, oh body, dear body, your stretch marks or tiger stripes, your thunder thighs or summer storms. She rolls the dregs of a cheap drink and listens to their odes, thinks how nice they sound, how good it must feel to want to live inside your flesh, to be comfortable enough to write your own ass a love letter. She notes the way her presses around the hard spindles of the chair. She points her eyes at the stage.
0: Hell yeah. But I always make
16: a peace sign at the end <laughs> that feels inappropriate, but it's no, what I do. <laughs>
0: totally appropriate. That was amazing. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I have so many wows in this poem. Uh, I don't even know where to start. The flesh is startlingly unmanageable. Uh, the body is survivable, the body is a vessel, the body is you, fuck. Damn. Um, it's been comfortable enough to write your own ass love letters. So many amazing lines in this poem. Uh, Great, great job. Thank you, Bridget.
16: Thank you, guys. Uh,
0: always good. It's hard to move on from that poem, but uh, move on. We must. Uh, our next poet tonight is Will Kiever. Happy to have you back, Will. How you doing? Are you there? I see your name. There you are. Hey, everyone. All right. Go for it.
17: All right. So this is called, uh, hopefully we charged it. I picked at the candied walnuts and the pear salad that's for the picnic we planned. The dry patch where the truck used to be in the driveway is being filled in by the rain. I wonder how far you've gone and if you have my phone again. You put Aster, Yarrow, Goldenrod in a blue china vase on the kitchen counter and a map of Vermont in my motorcycle helmet. I'm not the best at picking up at hints, but it looks like you wanted a head start tonight going by the Velvet Thunderhead ambling east towards a budding night. I'll probably get going by 3 a.m. and catch Dawn on the hogback. Like I said, I'm not great at picking up on hints, but I didn't cut up the pairs. They'll fit in the saddlebags along with the Tupperware, the vase, and a vibrator.
0: Okay, great ending. <laughs> I saw I saw hands going up in applause once we got to that last line. That was great. That was a surprise.
17: Uh, Thank you, everyone. Yeah,
0: nice Zeppelin T-shirt by the way. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah,
17: we don't see those Never much been. anymore. Yeah, I yeah I had to go to a Target in Buffalo <laughs> to find it. <laughs>
0: You heard of the internet? They didn't have it online. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had to be a niche purchase, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, I respect that. Yeah, true. A true Zeppelin fan <laughs> doesn't buy the T-shirt online. Okay. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I was like looking for. I could. I couldn't find Zeppelin T-shirts anywhere. And I remember when I found one, I was like, "Wow, finally a Zeppelin T-shirt." Uh, I don't know. I have no idea where that T-shirt is anymore, though. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Will. Great stuff as usual. Uh our next poet, uh, maybe another Yop debuter. Is that correct, Jess? Is this your first time for yes, the correct? All right, welcome. Give her a warm yeah. digital welcome, everyone.
6: Um, I I'm gonna read a vastly different version of this poem and I apologize in advance. I've been working on it for a long time and not only did I send the wrong version but also we've been editing like up until the very last minute, so. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, This version, yeah. (laughs) This version is called Separation. In the vacuum behind my eyelids, I rotate your true body in varying dimensions. Reconciling my understanding of things with how my grandmother, who you liked, said good riddance and asked if my new man had a sense of humor. I don't know what to think when people tell me you are small. In yoga on Tuesday nights, my legs spread wide. I try to wind my torso around itself and feel serpentine. I imagine the folds of my stomach skin as folds of stubborn memory in my mind the wet cloth of my being dripping excess self. One winter, I watched an ancient snake in a small glass tank fed a white mouse with red eyes. She tried to eat what she was given, Mm -hmm. confined as she was needing to learn again how to kill something still living to feel a reason to sustain herself. I close my eyes and picture my body uninhibited by bones. I turn and twist it around all of this to try to envelop it, make sense, or at least squeeze it until I can no longer feel its breath or post-mortem muscle twitch. I understand myself as larger and more powerful than this, but still sometimes I'm forced to fight the thought that however small, you filled all my crevices spilled over into every empty part of me anyway, nothing lacking. How I could grab handful after handful and because of muscle or metaphor maybe, never completely hold on to you. I knew then that there would be for some time a twisting in some direction, a bending back to you. Eternity is interminable and I weave the tapestry after periods of unraveling, trying to learn how to unstick the shadow of you
0: from myself. Okay, thank you, Jess. Beautiful poem. I love the tone of that poem. It's very touching. Uh, it's also fascinating to see where you revised <laughs> as we were going through that. Um, the snake image and the eating the mouse is, is vivid. I remember seeing that when I was a kid for the first time. And I was like, wrapped (laughs) with attention
6: it was like it was like a half an hour that i watched it and she couldn't she kept catching the mouse and the mouse would play dead and she'd be like cool it's dead and she'd try to get it and it would run away and it was just like i was like yeah this is like my relationship
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a very poet thing to think (laughs) um yeah I have to say I kind of like the original lines too. I actually needed to practice killing something alive. so not to screw up your revision process, but'
6: <laughs> it's still it's still a process and um, I appreciate that because that's the part that gives me the
0: most trouble. Yeah. Okay. well, good luck with that. Uh, it seems like it's in a good place already though. Okay uh yeah i think we have two left uh another yop debuter great uh bile apparently this is the first poem she ever wrote so uh aviva Fay, are you here with us tonight
18: Hardy animal he's snow with circles of sky around the eyes crushing on me like a boulder he's salt and lime sailing through time this cockatoo drawn to my shoulder Beer cans crunch as shot glasses slam, cram the open house with prose, but out on the porch with the moon as a torch, it's poetry, we compose.
0: Okay, I like that. Is this really the first poem you ever wrote?
18: Yes. It was that with uh, Brenda. Not at all. It was in Brenda Shahani's workshop. I'm gonna say her last name. Brenda Shaughnessy? yes Shaughnessy yeah I was in her Bridget. workshop and I was cool. 16 but um wow. the last 20 days I I don't know it felt relevant um this is a
0: oh so you went back to this poem it's like you didn't write this recently
18: no I read yeah I'm nice. it.
0: interesting did you study with Brenda in uh, in high school
18: yeah, it was a summer program. So I was in high school and I was at NYU Creative Writers House.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a good person to stay with. I love this. Cram the open house with prose. It feels like a line uh, Emily Dickinson might have written. Cram the open house with prose. Very suggestive. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, Aviva. Uh, great stuff. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hope you come back. And uh, I believe our last poet of the evening is another YAP debuter, Molly Hackett.
19: Hi, guys. This is also actually my open mic debut. I've never done one before. So it right. picked a hell of a place to start. I'm really excited. Yeah,
0: glad to have you.
19: You're a phantom limb, is what you are. I go to grab a glass of water, and the cup slips through a grip that isn't there. And I'm left with dripping shards of glass on a hardwood floor. And an ache so deep that I cannot mistake it for anything but you. Or, more accurately, the ghost of you. You are the one thing that haunts me, my love. The one thing that fools me so vividly, in so cruel and mundane a way, as to convince me that I might reach for something and grasp it with your fingers. That I might get a glass of water on waking in the night. Sooner or later, everything shatters even an old cup on a new nightstand, even us. I taught you that, haunt me as long as you like. Thank you.
0: All right, thank you, Molly. Love that ending, haunt me as long as you like. Yeah. Uh, little lady gaga in that line i think <laughs>
19: i was I going for a little weathering heights there
0: <laughs> <laughs> that too yeah there's definitely lady gaga weathering heights or vice versa i guess <laughs> um have you watched the last latest episode of succession yet
19: no i actually haven't i'm gonna do that after this and then i'll update that blog finally yeah. so
0: it's good stuff it's been an interesting season mm-hmm.
19: a really good season yeah
0: yeah it's really uh, i'm really into the sadness of uh what's the oldest son's name again
19: oh connor kendall is the really sad one kendall yeah yeah oh they're also you forgot connor
0: somebody somebody needs to write a poem about the sad i'll do that for next time he's so sad in this last episode and it's, it's great. Just like, we need to have more of that on television. Just, just, I open can't wait. Sadness.
19: <laughs> sad just, rich man.
0: That's just like, he's just sad the whole episode. <laughs> that's like his whole character. He's just, I'm just going to be sad now. Got <laughs> nothing going for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm rich, but I'm also sad. <laughs> just a nonstop mope, constant yeah. mope. Exactly. <laughs> the non-stop mope. Um, okay, that is the end of the open mic. Let me just make sure I scroll down if <laughs> I missed anyone. That is the end of the open mic, our our final open mic of 2021. I'm going to scroll back through the document so you can see all the names. Uh, again, to vote for poem of the month. Uh, it uh, is 718-374-1953 uh i'm getting chat messages about zachary but zachary uh i don't think you were on the open mic list just because you've signed up doesn't mean you're on the list the first 20 or so get we can't have everyone read so that is why that is the case um i encourage you all to sign up i don't hold on i'm gonna check now because you're making me worried That somehow your poem document was missed. Uh, In fact, it was missed, but the reason why Zachary is you did not send it to Jay. So we will just pivot real quick and share it. Hold on. If you are reading for the open mic people in the future, you need to make sure you send it to Jay Eason. Otherwise, Shay does not get the poem document, and that is why it was not in the document tonight, but we're gonna take care of this right now. And uh, we can hear Zach's poem, give me one second. Okay, go for it, Zach.
20: Hi, um, I just want to give a content warning of, um, or trigger warning for self-harm um, in this poem. This is titled Year. I've been here for a year in the spot where you cut my ankles, I cut my wrists. The pain in my body percolates life into yours, I pray to you. My heart is pounding. It's the only thing in my body and in this room that moves. It lets me know that I'm alive It makes me more scared. Panic attack. I've been here for a week. I've been here for a month. I've been here for a year. It'll be too soon. Happy anniversary. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy birthday. I'm trapped under a 3,000-pound breath, and I can't exhale. Panic attack. (sighs) Breathe in. Breathe out. I can't. Breathe in. Breathe out. I can't. Breathe in, breathe out, I fucking can't, help me someone, call the ambulance, the blood is saturating my comforter. Gracie Square, it's December, I'm still here, but it's darker and colder. Texas, it's still December, I'm still here, but it's warmer and easier. Brooklyn, it's the end of March, I bought a new comforter, it's white, I'm still here, just down the street but it's sterile now. July, I drive to Sag Harbor to see the beaches. I stay in a $10 million home, I pray to you. Please let the sun and the wine, the drugs and the $100 lobster rolls percolate life back into me. They don't. A car is coming for me now to take me back to the place where you cut my ankles and I cut my body. August. I fly to Wyoming to find myself in the mountains. I stay in a mansion on a hill. There's 10 bedrooms, a movie theater, and a wine cellar. But I'm alone, so I pray to you. Please let the 10,000 foot hikes exhaust the ache from my soul. Please let the $500 champagne make me feel something. They don't. November, it's been a whole year. Why can't I move? You got off the train and left me glued to the seat. Everyone is gone now. The train is going so fast. It was just 2020. It's starting to derail. It's almost 2022. I don't pray anymore. My white comforter is stained with red again.
0: Okay, thanks very much, Zachary. Sorry, we almost missed the poem, but I'm glad we got it in. Uh, Great way to end, wow. Um, Okay. Uh, To go back through the night, that was Zachary Steinman. Uh, I'm going to look back to the other document now. Before Zachary, we heard from Molly Hackett. Uh, Before Molly, we heard from Aviva Fay. Before Aviva, we heard from Jess Gagney. Is it Gagney or Gagné? It's
6: Gagne, actually.
0: Gagne, okay. Thank you for asking. Make a note for the podcast before <laughs> Jess, <laughs> Thank you. Will Kiever, before Will. We heard from Bridget Duffy before Bridget Lauren DePape before Lauren Sharon DeYoung before Sharon Harvey Sauce Cassidy Gabriel Lindsay Abrams for that Danielle Gasparo before Danielle Seth Leeper Todd Friedman. Samantha Marin, Arthur Russell, Madeline Phillips, before that, Stella Lee, and then all the way back to the beginning, Vail Larkin. Um, Okay, so uh, again, to vote for Poem of the Month for uh, the first slot in our 2022 Poem of the Year contest, you text me at 718-374-1953. See my phone blowing up next to me. Uh, please vote once. Just tell me the poet's name, uh, first and last name, uh, would be preferable. Um, a couple of announcements before we go. Again, uh, what's happening uh, this Sunday and next Monday? This Sunday, our uh, awards gala. Featuring last year's Poem of the Year winner, Dante Clark. If you don't know Dante Clark, uh, that poet is fire, man. (laughs) Dante Clark is amazing every time you hear him read. Uh, He will be uh, reading um, as well as Angela Lockhart Aronoff, another fire poet, uh, one of the 12 members of our mentorship program class of 2021, our inaugural class. Uh, She will be reading and accepting the Robin Romeo Award, which is the award that we give to an outstanding poet in our community who was also a loving supporter of other poets. We love those two things, especially together. And then, uh, last but not least, our distinguished guest, Edward Hirsch. Uh, I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, know who Edward Hirsch is, not only an award-winning American poet, but the president of the Guggenheim Foundation you ever interested in Guggenheim Fellowship, might be good to come to the gala and uh, schmooze with Ed Hirsch um, over, you know, wine, Prosecco, beer, small plates, and so on and so forth. That is at 5 p.m. this Sunday in Park Slope. Again, the uh, ticket sales, well, I mean ticket sales, donations for the gala, you need to do that by Friday because we need to finalize that guest list in the later than Saturday. So if you're interested in attending, make a donation. Uh, there's various donation levels you can donate at, um, or if that doesn't interest you or you can't uh, attend, uh, you can make a donation anyway. You can just donate in your own amount. Next Monday though, the Poem of the Year contest, that event is virtual. Uh, if you're not in New York City um, or can't attend the awards gala, ticket for that is $25. You will see Arthur Russell, you will see Morgan Boyle, you'll see Cassidy Gabriel, uh, Todd Friedman, who else? Jay Eason, uh, maybe somebody I'm forgetting, Madeline Phillips, uh, a lot of people tonight uh, that you will see at that event. Uh, It's gonna be great. Uh, And uh, the winner takes home 500 bucks. So uh, we've, in fact, we've, I think we've doubled the prize money this year. So uh, it's good times for Brooklyn Poets, good times for the award winners. Uh, and uh, hopefully, it may be, and maybe maybe there'll be more than one winner, and then more than one person will take home that cash. Um, but uh, hope you can attend one of those events. And uh, last announcement: our final event of the year, which we will announce tomorrow via newsletter and social media, is the graduation ceremony and poetry reading of the 2021 mentorship program class that Arthur Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a part of can't remember if anyone else here tonight is part of the mentorship program class Angela Lockhart Aronoff as I mentioned that will be at 5pm that is a free event Uh, the 12 members of that cohort will be reading their poems and uh, Jay Despande our uh, mentor and the the leader of that program will be introducing each one of them personally so some amazing poets in that cohort so that will be an amazing event that will be our final event of 2021 and it will be virtual Uh, again we are Uh, close to signing a lease in our first brick and mortar space in Brooklyn Heights. Uh, It'll be on Montague Street, the very heart of Brooklyn Heights. We're very excited about that. So hopefully you can donate to help us as we uh, go through all the aches and pains of opening that space. But they will be, uh, if aches and pains can be joyful, these will be joyful aches and pains because uh, I can see the uh, beautiful events and all the parties we're gonna have in this amazing space uh, right on Montague Street, where Brooklyn Poets, and, well, it wasn't found on Montague Street, but it was founded in Broken Heights. Uh, so it'll be great for me personally to be back in the neighborhood uh, every week. And uh, hopefully we can yawp again soon in person uh, in that space. Okay, that is all for tonight. Uh, our next yawp is on January 10th, 2022. You can sign up for that tonight. If you wanna read, I encourage you to sign up early because the open mic lineup does fill very quickly. That open, or sorry, that workshop will be led by Bernard Ferguson, who is an amazing poet and teacher. He's leading a workshop. Sorry, they're leading a workshop on uh, the poetry of revenge, <laughs> which is ongoing as revenge is always ongoing. <laughs> That's what's going on right now with Bernard, but uh, they will be leading the op workshop on January 10th and, and reading uh, for the open mic. Um, uh, that is all. And, uh, we will see you in January. Take care and be safe. There you have it. The Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic for December 6th. 2021 the final yawp of 2021 thanks to new brooklyn poets professor emily wallace hughes for leading a fantastic workshop to close out the year and uh kicking off the open mic uh emily taught a great workshop for us called self nature and city this past fall that uh met for some sessions in prospect park um doesn't look like we're going to be meeting in person again for the near future because of this damn new variant that has come uh, bursting onto the scene rather frustratingly and annoyingly and uh, I think of any other kind of aggravating adverb you can uh, to describe Omicron, but uh, hopefully we will re-emerge again in a few months uh, and are able to meet in person for workshops Soon, uh, we have just signed a lease on our very first brick and mortar space, which will be in Brooklyn Heights, right on Montague Street in the heart of Brooklyn Heights. So we're very excited about that. Uh, We're going to be working hard over the next few months to get that space ready to open. And uh, hopefully, we'll be opening in time for people meeting in person again uh, without feeling uh, afraid for their health and safety. Um, But enough about that. Uh, Congrats to Sharon DeYoung Brooklyn Poets fellow Sharon DeYoung For winning Yacht Poem of the Month For her poem Red Falls Sharon has claimed the first spot In our 2022 Yacht Poem of the Year contest Uh, And if you're curious to hear The 2021 Yacht Poem of the Year contest That will be a bonus episode Of the Yacht cast That I'm going to edit Right after finishing this one Uh, And you can download them And listen to them uh, Pretty much back to back uh, Once I'm done with that uh, our next YOP comes your way on January 10th. That's the first YOP of 2022. That will be led by Bernard Ferguson. Fantastic new teacher for Book of Poets taught their first workshop last fall and is teaching another one in the uh, winter-spring season of next year. Uh, that will be on Zoom. You can sign up uh, at bookandpoets.org, look for events, look for YOP, and then you can buy a ticket on Eventbrite. Uh, hopefully we'll see you there. If you like what you heard, this podcast we'd love it if you'd subscribe on itunes or soundcloud wherever you get your podcasts Uh, look for the yawpcast and uh, if you could rate us five stars that would be extra amazing thanks again for listening stay safe out there and uh next time tune in till then